When we are taken away to the judgment seat, we believe that we will find ourselves in the sands of Sinai. We believe this, for although the scripture does not explicitly tell us where the judgment seat will take place, it does appear that one of our first major works with the Lord will be to make our way from Sinai to the land of Israel to save the children of Israel from the northern invader at the Battle of Armageddon. The purpose of these videos isn't to do detailed studies, but we will briefly consider a couple of prophecies. Habakkuk chapter 3 is a prophecy based upon the children of Israel making their way from Sinai to the land of Israel. And it is indeed a future prophecy, for it appears to be given in response to Habakkuk asking in verse 2 for God to revive his work in the midst of the years. Verse 3 tells us in the Hebrew that God, or Eloah, the Mighty One, will come from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. And then also we can consider the reaction of Habakkuk in verse 16. He says, When I heard, my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. This is also a wonderful exhortation to us when we consider how Habakkuk physically was affected by this prophecy. He truly believed these things. So then we see it's a prophecy future to the time of Habakkuk, and we believe it is in fact an Armageddon prophecy, because of the parallels with the other Armageddon prophecies such as Ezekiel 38 and Daniel chapter 11. We see it speaks of a time in which the children of Israel have been invaded in verse 13. Indeed, the invader has come against them like a whirlwind in verse 14 which reminds us of Daniel 11, verse 14. And yet, although the children of Israel have been invaded, God intervenes. As we saw in verse 3, the Mighty One will come from Teman, and the Holy One will come from Mount Paran. And we believe this is speaking of Christ and the saints making their way to the land of Israel. As it says in verse 13, Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thine anointed, or Messiah. And as they make their way to the land of Israel, and as they save the Jewish people, we also see in verse 12 it says, Thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst thresh the heathen in anger. Again, threshing is an Armageddon term because we believe that Armageddon means a heap of sheaves in a valley for judgment. And so this appears to speak of that time in which Christ and the saints will come to the land of Israel, to save the Jewish people at the Battle of Armageddon. And we see they start by coming up from the south. Now, if we consider a parallel prophecy in Deuteronomy 33, we find that the starting point appears to be Sinai. Deuteronomy 33 parallels with Habakkuk chapter 3. Deuteronomy 33 is again a prophecy based upon the children of Israel making their way from Sinai to the land of Israel. And it also seems to be based upon the prophecy of Enoch that Jude tells us about. As it says in Jude that there's a time coming when the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all. There seems to be a prophecy of that time and it tells us in verse 2 that Yahweh came from Sinai. And so the starting point of the journey of Christ and the saints appears to be Sinai. They will make their way to the land of Israel and save the children of Israel such that as it says in verse 28 Israel then shall dwell in safety alone. And so, if we are going to make our way from Sinai, if we're going to have been gathered together in Sinai, then very possibly, once being gathered together in Sinai, 
we will face the judgment seat there, and then it will be in Sinai that we're prepared to go forth to take over the world, to bring it in subjection to our God. Now we could consider more prophecies on this theme, but we're going to finish by trying to imagine what this time is going to be like. The time is coming when we will be taken out of our daily lives. We will be taken to the hot wilderness, the sands of Sinai, and we will be judged. If in God's mercy we are found faithful in that day, we will prepare to go forth. And one of the first things we will do is to make our way to the land of Israel. It seems we will approach by crossing over the Jordan River, just like Israel did of old. And we will make our way towards Jerusalem. And so we will come at Jerusalem from the east. And once again, the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ will stand upon the Mount of Olives. In the land, there will be the Jewish people who have been humbled, greatly distressed by the invader. And yet now our Lord once more stands upon the Mount of Olives. The northern invader will be judged. The mountain will split in two. There'll be a great earthquake such as every wall in the land of Israel falls to the ground. The invader shall be judged through this earthquake, through pestilence, through the Jewish people rising up to fight once more, and even in the confusion, through them fighting themselves. And so the Lord Jesus Christ will establish his capital in Jerusalem. The Jewish people will recognise their Messiah. And this will be the nucleus of the kingdom of God, from which the stone will grow to fill the whole earth. And so the question we leave ourselves with is, although we might not know the precise details of these prophecies, we are given a lot to go by. But can we really see ourselves there having a part? God has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. A major part of the judgment upon the nations will be the battle of Armageddon. As we read in Revelation 16 verse 16, the day is coming in the which the nations will be gathered together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. We believe that Armageddon is made up of three words in the Hebrew tongue. Arima, meaning a heap of sheaves. Gay, meaning a valley, and done, meaning judgment. And so this gives us a word picture of a heap of sheaves in a valley being threshed and being judged. And this is exactly the picture that the prophets set before us. For example, in Joel chapter 3, we also read of a gathering of the nations in verse 11. And then verse 12 says, Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. And so we see that the nations are being gathered together into a valley in the which they are being judged. And they are being judged as if they were a heap of sheaves being threshed. Because if we continue reading verse 13 and 14, it says, Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. 
multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision or threshing, for the day of Yahweh is near in the valley of threshing. And so the picture of Joel 3 is the nations being threshed in God's anger. When his judgments are poured out because of their great wickedness, the battle of Armageddon is the time in which the nations are judged and also the time in which God shall reveal himself to the world. And this battle, it's not some far off distant prophecy, but in fact, it's a prophecy which has been prepared in our time. It has already begun, we believe, because Revelation 16 verse 14 speaks of the day in which the nations are being gathered to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And we believe that we are in that day now when the nations are being gathered together in which to come into that battle. And the really exciting thing for us is that between verse 14 in which the nations are being gathered and verse 16 in which they have been gathered, we have of course verse 15. And as we read throughout Revelation 16, we're reading about what John sees and hears and records under inspiration. But verse 15, for just one verse, it's different. We find the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking to us. He says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And so our Lord exhorts us to be ready and watching for his return. And the implication is that whilst the nations are still being gathered before they have been gathered to that valley, our Lord will come, for we must be judged before the nations are judged. For we have the hope that when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed to the world at the battle of Armageddon, that we might be there with him. Zechariah 14 is also an Armageddon prophecy, and it tells us that when the nations have been gathered together, that Yahweh my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And so we believe that we have the hope of being there with our Lord in that day. We believe that we live in the time period of this prophecy. The Joel 3 verse 1 tells us that it's in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah, which is around 1948, and Jerusalem, 1967. Ezekiel 38 tells us in verse 8 that it's in the time period in which the Jewish people have been gathered back to their land and they're dwelling in the West Bank, or the mountains of Israel. We also know that in that day, they're going to be very prosperous, as it says in verse 12, which has already come to pass, the Jewish nation are thriving. And we also know that it will be a time in which they are at peace, they dwell safely, all of them without walls, having neither bars nor gates. And this part of the prophecy hasn't yet come into place. But we can be certain that it will, because... The major part of this prophecy has already been fulfilled. A people which were scattered for almost 2,000 years, persecuted the world over, have now been gathered back to their land, and are there prospering exactly according to the prophets. And so surely the rest of this prophecy will come to pass. We can put our faith in the word of God. And so we see that we are living in the time period of this prophecy, in which the nations shall be gathered against the people of Israel in which God, in his anger, will judge the nations, and in which God will reveal himself to the world. We read at the end of Ezekiel 38, Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am Yahweh.
The question for us is, when God reveals himself to the world as the creator of the heaven and the earth, where will we be in that day? When the Lord Jesus Christ judges the nations and establishes himself in Jerusalem, this will be the basis of the kingdom of God. Will it also be our kingdom?